You and I with Rashmi Shetty is a simple attempt of bringing in stories of people you and I can draw inspiration from. Ordinary folks, extraordinary lives, their uniqueness and individuality that make them interesting to talk to and to listen to. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. At a time when generally people hang up their boots as they had done and dusted into retirement, our guest found himself. He became an art teacher by default. It was a great revelation and discovery, he says. His hobby over the years brought him name, fame, but he chose not to commercialize it because, as he likes to describe himself, I'm a happy and contented man who feels blessed. An ardent admirer of Lata Mangeshkar, Mr. Sheshadri Mokshagundam was born in 1949, the year that Lata Mangeshkar's journey as a successful singer began. His journey with vintage music, blending seamlessly into art, began after his retirement, a journey he discovered because his students helped him find himself. Passionate about vintage melodies, he is also a moderator and scripts comparing material for TV and live programs. His joy is palpable when he shares his youngest student is five years while his oldest is 80 plus. He enjoys this entire range as much as he enjoys teaching those from the economically weaker section and those on the autism spectrum. Mr. Sheshadri is a rare combination of humility, knowledge and talent that is so hard to find today. Listen in as he shares his journey, special moments of meeting the Nightingale herself. Life definitely, he shows, is how you live it. Inspirational for sure. Mr. Sheshadri Mokshagundam, such an honor to have you on this podcast. I have always been admiring the way you carry yourself, the humility, which so naturally comes to you. It was something that surprised me when I read in an events page in the newspaper where you were described as a walking, talking encyclopedia on Lata Mangeshkar that I was like, oh my God, I had no clue. And you are so humble in appreciating me every time we have met on the show. So I want to know your journey from the little Sheshadri to the Sheshadri the world sees now. And uh, I'm also curious to know your love for Lata Mangeshkar and how you decided to become an encyclopedia around her. So wherever you want, however you want, however back you want, please take us on your journey. I'm eager to walk along with you, sir. Thank you, Rashmi, for the lovely introduction that you've given. You know, I've been a great admirer of yours. Every time I met you on the show, I used to have, you know, I used to always admire you for your the, the endearing language that you have, which you, you know, you could easily 
trap everybody in the audience. Okay, I was one of them. I always used to admire your skills of uh, uh, the words that you throw, and then you make yourself so, so, so dear to. I was every time I was in the audience, I would think that Rashmi is addressing me. <laughs> you know, that was the kind <laughs> of feeling I didn't get. Okay, and then uh, now when you coming back to my journey, I think, uh, and I look back, I always feel that this is. it wasn't planned it just happened okay i come from a very orthodox middle class traditional family and both my parents were deep into music and that's how all the you know all the siblings were all interested in music my father was very very great admirer of traditional carnatic classical music but my mother was little different she loved the semi classical light music and film music and kai cycle pankaj malik kanan bala were all her favorites so i used to listen to her stories of her childhood how she got interested in the music and she would a lot of uh, stories she had and all those anecdotes and trivia i would think oh my god they are so precious and over a period of time all these will be lost i was thinking and uh, you know this is uh, way back in 55 56 okay so computer was not even thought of i had never even dreamt of some thing like this that i would face in my life at this stage okay mm-hmm. so i thought these are all very very precious information which i have to store and that's how the whole thing started and uh, i would make a note of uh, every little things that she says and then she would be a vivid listener of vivid bharti and uh, you know at that time whenever kl saigal song came she would uh, she would be waiting for that and she would give some information about it i would just make a note of it okay for me at that age i thought these are all the precious information that we lose over a period of time because the, with fond memories when she used to talk i'm sure i would also be in my sunset years i'll be talking like this i thought so i didn't want any information to go you know fade away from my memory so i just started making note of it that's the time uh, i heard lata mangeshkar okay it was in 55 56 i think i'm 49 born somehow that uh, the quality of war her voice the tonal quality and the melody and the music appeal to me at that age i didn't know anything about hindi at those days and much later because of this i learned hindi i used to talk to people and get the meanings of some of the words and that later on i started appreciating the lyrical beauty of whatever songs that she rendered and one time i heard you know people saying that she she became very popular in 1949 okay with her uthai jaun ke sitam and then later the second one was the zid you know the mahal number aaye gaane wala so i was born in 49 and she became popular in 49 so there must be some cosmic connection i thought it was so so uh, maybe it's very uh, um, at that stage maybe it was very immature or i was so fascinated by her voice i could i was very you know willing to accept that it was a cosmic connection okay <laughs> i just fell in love with her voice i used to follow all her songs and you won't believe 
my school and college notebooks last pages i used to always scribble down whenever i heard any song on the radio that which from it is from and who has written and which song you know in my mm. own way mm. to document mm. everything that's how i started my journey as a latmangeshkar fan and uh, those were the days uh, when uh, the family like us had no access to the glossy film magazines and uh, and there were no film uh, you know documents available to us it was mm. not accessible Mm. so it was uh, sometime in 60s mm. i used to whenever i saw some clippings in the newspaper about lata mangeshkar i started cutting and preserving it then little later from the magazines and you know you know in my friend circle they all came to know that i am a great fan of lata mangeshkar whatever they would lay their hands on they were you know find you know finding in the papers or the magazines they would promptly cut it and give it to me that's how the my collection started mm. and uh, as days go by years pass by i became a you know great admirer of hers and i started uh, listening to each and every song of hers and you know this led to not just lata mangeshkar i just became a big fan of uh, the hindi film music as such mm. she was the reason for me to become a fan of hindi film music i started following all the lyricists all the composers and some of the actors and things like that. and that's how my journey started it was my ambition i don't know maybe it was uh, 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 it started with infatuation but i thought she was somebody who is uh, very enigmatic at that age and later on i tried to get as much information as possible and uh, much later when i could afford i just bought some books on her and started reading about it and every day a part of my daily schedule was dedicated to lata mangeshkar okay i started collecting all the special editions which celebrated her 25 years of uh, singing career or her 50th birthday or 50 years of singing career like this i started uh, you know my collection started piling up mm. i just you know this uh, and uh, all my relatives and friends circle i became uh, popular saying that i'm the fan of uh, the great uh, nightingale that's how my journey started and uh, much later about 5 6 years back when there was a program in bangalore lata forever mm-hmm. it was ajit siddhanti who to whom i used to talk about this subject he made me display all my materials i digitized all of them i made them into posters and there was an exhibition in chaudaya on in connection with that particular program and sheshadri became widely known in the music lover circle this is my journey of uh, as a fan of lata mangeshkar and it was my ambition to meet her which was very very that uh, it was uh, chasing a dream a little uh, tougher i thought but it happened you know it oh. was in yeah it 1991 it happened if the program in bangalore uh, that was the first and the only program where lata has uh, you know presented mm-hmm. a program it was a live show in kantirava stadium mm-hmm. it was the first of december 1991 mm-hmm. so happened because uh, i was known as a fan of lata mangeshkar the rpg group which 
hosted that program in Bangalore, called me to be the, you know, one of the committee members. I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything more. So I would also, I just jumped with joy. And then I thought it was a very, it was a divine design that I was made to be a part of that program. And I, I, I just couldn't believe myself that I was a part of that program. And Lataji came to Bangalore. I was, you know, uh, I even today I feel it, the whole thing is like a dream. I just met her and then there was a rehearsal in the, the Windsor Manor. And next day, that same evening, there was a song check program at Kanteva Stadium. I just, uh, you know, I, in, in fact, I pinched myself to make sure that I, it was not a dream. It was so, so uh, memorable, unforgettable experience in my life. The way she checked the sound system and then the way she approved the whole thing and uh, the way she went about the whole program. My God, what a meticulous artist she was and whatever I had read, it was no exaggeration. She, you know, she was uh, true and much beyond what I had read about. She was so humble, so simple. She, even for the practice, she left us slippers away from the dais and then she stepped on to these things stood in front of the mic. And the, the respect and the reverence she commanded was something amazing. They, all those musicians, instrumentalists, they were all... Uh, relaxed and they were having a chat moment at the hall you should see the way they reacted to Lata Didi you know I you know it was not something which was uh, commanded it came from their heart there's a rest for that uh, legend so these are the little little things that I observed and then uh, and, uh, Harish Bimani was the moderator for the evening and Anmohil was the, the conductor for the orchestra and uh, Roger Grego was the sound engineer for that event and you know these things are so very strongly etched in my memory <laughs> and even if I just uh, close my eyes the whole thing comes in front of my mind you know it was an experience which I can never ever forget and for which I feel that you know there's some uh, some divine design which blessed me with that particular incident and the next day was something more, more uh, 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 interesting, okay? She had a, a breakfast uh, meeting with the, the chief minister then. I think it was, uh, uh, I don't remember who it was. She mm. had a breakfast meeting and then Bangarapa, I think mm. Mr. Bangarapa was there. Yeah. And then uh, she was accompanied by Sanjeev Kohli, that's Madan Mohan's son, Sir. and Usha Mangeshkar, okay? Mm. They were there. And uh, suddenly I get a call from the organizers, the RPG group, saying that Lataji wants to visit one old Shiva temple, which is very popular in Bangalore. Can you do something about it? Can you arrange something? I just jumped with joy. Immediately, I rushed to Gavi Gangadharish. I was given only yeah. two hours. Yeah. Gavi Gangadharishwara temple in Basvanagudi. Yeah. I went to talk to the priest. Somebody is coming and is it okay? They said yes. And then immediately, uh, you know, those are the days when we did not have the the cell phones and things like that. I just came home and then called my, you know, people in the city. Mm. And then uh, they said they'll, uh, as soon as they start from the chief minister's office, I would get a phone call and then mm. to rush to the temple. Mm. So I was just waiting for that call and the call came. And uh, by the time they came from the chief minister's residence, I was there at the temple entrance. Mm. I received her 
and this is something which was closer, you know, more than the Kandirva <laughs> Stadium uh, encounter. This was something which I really cherished. And mm. uh, Madan Mohan is another great legend whom I respected. And uh, Madan mm. Mohan was also there with her. And Madan Mohan and Latam Gishkar team was something. Yeah. Very, yeah. very close to my heart. Magical. And, you know, meeting Madan Monson also at the same yeah. was something which uh, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything more in my life, I thought. So mm. I spoke to Gigi Kohli and then I spoke to Lataji. I wanted to talk to her so many things. I had rehearsed all my just no words came out of me. I was so speechless. Okay, I stood next to her. I said, I just grew up listening to your songs and uh, I'm so blessed to Lord Shiva that uh, he made me talk to you in front of uh, the divine presence, I said. And then uh, there was a ticket of uh, the entry ticket of the previous mm. program, which I had carried. I made her sign at the back of it and which I, you know, preserved it, you know, carefully. <laughs> yeah, this is the, and then uh, there was a special puja, which was arranged. And uh, she gave her uh, birth star as Astrisha. And there was... The archana was done in that nakshatra dream, and it was, I was standing just behind her and then did the three projection around the temple. This is, uh, you know, uh, as a fan of uh, Latam Geshkar, I think this is the biggest blessings and that I was bestowed with, and I can never ever forget this. I never ever dreamt that I would be meeting her in such close quarters, you know. This is, uh, this made me. Uh, a bigger fan of hers, you know, it came closer to my heart. And then uh, this is, uh, I, every time I talk about it, I become very emotional. This oh, yeah, a, it's pretty this. evident uh, uh, how you revisited the whole memory. Very like cool. while you were telling it and sharing it also, the visuals were very, very, very stark for me while listening to the story. So you are an awesome storyteller, I should tell you that. And uh, that fanboy in you uh, was completely alive when you were sharing this story. And you know, look at the coincidence and or the divine design, I would call it. The way I was made to meet her. Something, you know, there's so many millions of fans of hers all around the globe. But I could get this chance means I was really blessed with something very special, I thought. And what a beautiful way to culminate it at the temple. So uh, lovely, lovely memory, uh, Mr. Sheshadri. It's, it's so beautiful when you were sharing this because everyone has people they admire. and uh, But not everyone gets to meet them and meet yeah. them at such a personal level. So very, I think uh, you you definitely are blessed. I'm now curious to know about Sheshadri, the person. Obviously, from the way you spoke about uh, your mother and how everything she said, you started noting down. It was very evident you shared a very special bond with your mother. Uh, and uh, what about your childhood? How was it? What exactly were your interests beyond Lata Mangeshkar? Because I want to come back to Lata Mangeshkar uh, in a while, but I'm curious to know about you. Uh, it was a, uh, if, if, and I look back, I think music was the, the bond in the, fa in the family. I had a very close bond with my parents because of music. Oh, I inclined more towards the film music, but that's the one which connected me with my mother. Okay, and then uh, uh, this led to 
understand the music to a deeper level. I started admiring lyricists like Sahir, Taifi Azmi Saab and Shailendra and then composers like uh, Jaidev and then Vasant Desai, Sri Ramchandra, S.D. Burman and all. You know, I just grew up with all these uh, legends that made my the school days and college days very, very beautiful. I don't think my life would have been so beautiful without these in my memories and uh, the music that I enjoyed at that time. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, my other hobby was uh, the sketching. Okay. I always used to love drawing and sketching. Okay. I, you know, it was just a hobby. I was not trained. I didn't go to any formal training, any school. It was just for my own liking. I was passionate about sketching. And this I parallelly developed along with my love for music. So uh, what inspires you? Uh, because this is a complete artist where your sketching journey along with this. So does, does it inspire you when you listen to a particular song to come out with a sketch? Or do colors start playing when music plays in the background? How is it with you, uh, Mr. Sheshadri? How you look at pictures and you draw? Are you an inspired artist? How, how do you get your art out? Because your art pieces are also awesome. Yeah, I'm an inspired artist. Uh, mm. My concept is totally different, okay? Mm. Uh, the music was the soothing part, which mm. brings my mind to mm. get into action with art, okay? I need music all the time especially when I paint or sketch there should be something in the background that sets the mind for me to do the sketching okay so music is a very important tool for me to proceed with my brush and colors that automatically gives me the mood the required mood to go ahead with my artworks and uh, uh, the great masters whenever I see their works whether they are European Renaissance time or the Indian artists, I see some music in their works. You know, those colors that the spectrum of colors talk to me in the form of music. So that's how I see each painting, each work. I see some music. I'm sure all those artists have got some kind of some soft, uh, you know, uh, mind tuned towards such you know, finer feelings in their life, which with which they have come out with some of the best works I feel because the colors and the, the ragas are so intertwined I feel though it is it cannot be so abstract it cannot be explained but they play a very very important role on your mind so that you come out with your best just like you make me feel comfortable when I talk to you those are the things which make me comfortable when I do sit down for painting that's such a beautiful blend of art and music that you just described, Mr. Sheshadri. So if I ask you now to describe Mr. Sheshadri Mokshagunda, how would you describe yourself? I would like to describe myself as a very simple person because uh, both art and music, it's a very, very vast field. It's like an ocean. I'm just a drop in that big ocean. Hmm. Even if I take three more janmas, I don't think I'll be able to ever say that I have perfected this. You know, it's such a vast field. But 
but whatever little I have achieved is a very, very insignificant part as far as I'm concerned. There's so much more to do, I feel. So I'd like to be, I know it's really a humbling experience for me to be in the, both these fields. It's, uh, that's how I want Sheshadri to be, you know, uh, considered as a very simple person who is on the path of achievement. Okay, you can say that. And whatever little I have done has given me a lot of satisfaction, both in both the fields. See, in uh, this is a very, very competitive field. Mm. And uh, if you have to make a mark in it, at least somewhere you're being able to do something which has been recognized. That mm. is where I feel, I really feel humble about it. Okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, I've been able to compare many programs. I've been able to uh, be a part of uh, many big legends participating in some of these uh, live shows. Mm. And I've done the thing for many of the TV shows, many mm. where they have, uh, you know, all the film music connected uh, programs. I've done the scripting for them. And these are the things which gives me a lot of satisfaction. And even now, every month, there is a program called Nostalgia mm. for a senior citizens uh, forum. Okay. Mm. Every third Friday, I conduct a program for them called Nostalgia. Mm. It mm. is a one and a half program where I share some of the anecdotes and trivia from my collection. And mm. then it is interlaced some of the songs. And I've got two very good singers in the group. And some of the male voices, I attempt to sing. I'm not a good singer, but I used to sing in my college days. But even now, I love to sing uh, Hemant Kumar and uh, Talat numbers. Mm. Mm. And uh, I, you know, you know, it really, you know, drives me back to those uh, beautiful uh, golden era of music. This is where I draw some satisfaction. And in the field of art, uh, by default, I became an art teacher some years back. After my retirement, I really wanted to do something relaxed with music and art. Mm. And uh, it so happened that uh, in the locality where I live, Banshankri Second State, there's a school which is run by one of my very close friends. Mm. She had organized an uh, inter-school uh, drawing and painting competition. She invited me to be a judge. And uh, at the end of the program, I was supposed to give a small talk to the parents and also some of the aspiring artists, teachers, you know, students. Mm. Um, the two prize-winning students who had taken first and the second place they came to me. They said, uh, we need guidance from you. We haven't gone through any formal training. Will you be able to guide us? I told them I'm in the same boat because I have also not gone through any <laughs> training. I've just done on my own. I definitely, I don't mind uh, uh, guiding you and giving you the tips. And that's how it started, you know, uh, my journey as an art teacher. Mm. So, uh, on Sundays, I would uh, just talk to them for about one, one and a half hours and then and the two girls, little girls who came to me, they, it, they were so happy and the word spread like anything. And uh, by word of mouth, it, the two students became five students, five became seven, seven became 10. And uh, it started growing. And then uh, I used to teach them upstairs in our family room. Then I had to remodel the garage and the front area in my house, converted that into a school art school and I started mm. taking children and three batches and 
today i have about 167 students i it just grew like that you know i was i mean I, it's by accident or by default i became a teacher and though i am not formally trained those are the students who taught me how to teach okay by mm. by teaching them i learned a lot in this field uh, that is yeah. where which i another humbling experience in my life and uh, they are all doing so well and it's not a commercial venture for me mm. i just started it as a passion i love teaching and i started loving you know in the beginning i had no i was quite uh, scared to teach because i hadn't had any formal training so I started when i started teaching i was also a little scared i used to do a lot of homework as to how to make a syllabus <laughs> for them and teach them and then gradually i started love, you know liking it i became a passionate teacher and they started liking me and uh, that's how another satisfying uh, part of my journey was started okay <laughs> and uh, today i have very you know very aspiring students who become very very good in their field and it was uh, very satisfying for me especially when i taught some of the autistic children because autism and yeah. uh, you know artistic they, yeah, they go yeah. together. so yes some of the doctors i talked to some of the doctors who were you know who were treating those patients they i took them as students it was another very Uh, how, how did you how did you even uh, think of autistic kids and arts sir? did somebody tell you the, did the parents approach you or you yeah, heard one students, yeah one of the students who was coming to me had hmm. an autistic brother okay then when she went home when she was practicing at home that uh, that child took to it so took interest in this and then the mother came with lot of hesitation she came and asked me is it possible for me to enroll my son who is not normal i said i have uh, tried so far but i would like to mm. attend and that's how it started the moment that the child came to me it was going to a special school mm. two other parents came to me mm. then i said i must have a special section for them and started teaching them on saturday afternoons it gave me lot of satisfaction a passion that soon turned by word of mouth into a space where everyone who is coming there is coming to learn and then comes the special section that you have started what is it about art that you realized you are finding about yourself when you are dealing especially with these special children uh, you know this is something which is uh, to do with your mind mm. true just like you know it's more it's also for the teacher and the taught both mm. you know for particular moment for the the artistic uh, kids mm. they it's some kind of a meditation for them mm. they try to dabble with colors and sometimes they are not all of them are very good but some of them they pick up skills and become very good i have three students who are doing so well they went into uh, graphic uh, oh, you know training and all they are employed today that is the moment of satisfaction for me the mm. others you know they did so well in their workshop and their their teachers called me and congratulated me i mm. it was so so satisfying for me mm-hmm. and, and then this, this led to my being a, a member of the autism club here where they have annual you know cultural events and uh, competitions i go there as a judge for them and uh, it is uh, again a divine design that i'm drawn into all these things which 
has given a different meaning in my life okay which i these were not planned as i said these are all things that happened by i don't know by god's grace or you know it finally resulted in uh, uh, satisfaction and gave some definition to my life i feel and i also teach the auto rickshaw and the cab drivers children and some of the maid servants children okay this is again another uh, beautiful experience that i'm going through it is so nice you know it is art unfortunately is considered as something a luxury which not everybody can afford especially the servant class and these uh, people you know middle class for them to make both ends meet itself is a big challenge they can't have indulge in uh, art so sure. for them to teach them free is something really really satisfying what little i know i've been able to share with them that makes me very satisfied at the same time emotional what role does music play in the midst of all of this does uh, your background have uh, the old hindi songs <laughs> while yeah, you're teaching the, yeah yeah in the class uh, it, it, it's there always and uh, some of my senior students they say they just cannot do any painting without the music so now it's become an addictive feature in the class it's a music in the background and drawing and painting in the class yeah oh, wow so yeah. drawing painting and you use all mediums like water oil everything uh, or water hmm? uh, oils and acrylics and pencils, pencils okay and, yeah okay and do you have a particular playlist in your art classes or just anything uh, from the golden era please from the golden era i'm only from the golden era because that is something which all these uh, youngsters have not heard and yeah, yeah. some of them have started liking it and they've uh, when they start uh, you know playing this at home their parents are also very much interested and they you know two three parents called me and then thanked me for introducing this music when we here in the house they don't <laughs> listen now that they are coming to the class and listening to this golden era with such a nice feeling for us that our children are started liking that uh, you know the music of the yesterday years they tell me so these are the things which really brings me uh, some kind of a you know different meaning and satisfaction and my uh, i don't know somewhere i feel that i have achieved something that sense of satisfaction comes to me hmm. i completely am with you sir because i remember now my son is 25 but when he was uh, 11 uh, and 12 years old i used to be an rj with fm rainbow and mm. i used to play these old hindi songs my show was called meethi aade which was all about old hindi songs and there was this i'm a huge die hard rafi fan Oh, okay. and uh, suhani rat dalchuki is one of my favorite songs so very, yeah very soothing. very soothing so it is i when we did the promo for meethi aade that was one of the songs that played in the promo so my son by default just listening to my shows got mm-hmm. that particular song so one day he said uh, i uh, and he would always say i don't like old hindi songs they're so boring they're so boring <laughs> Uh, one day he was uh, sleeping with a severe stomach ache and in the room i had just 
put the whole playlist on it. So Hani Rath ended up being one of the songs that was playing. And I was doing something else. And by the time the song got over, he came to me and he said, uh, Amma, this is such a lovely song. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that Suhani Dalchiki is one of my favorite songs. My stomach pain has vanished. So I feel, I feel there's magic in that music, especially of the 40s and 50s and 60s maybe where uh, these today's children are not introduced because radio and in every form had, doesn't cater to that particular genre of music and age of music so when somebody like you plays that in the background don't younger kids tell you sir can we listen to something else or we don't want that song or they don't have a choice they just come and quietly sit you know they don't have a choice some of them have started liking it not all of them like it but uh-huh. special year to appreciate music. But many of them have uh, taken to it. Very few of them have not. Uh, have they uh, given you feedback? Like, can we yeah, listen they to have, They have. They say, yeah. if, if I don't, for some time, you know, when I did not have a music, they said, where is the music system, sir? We need the music. Ask for it. Okay? <laughs> so this is another interesting story that I would love to share with you. I have a grandson who is two and a half years old. So when he was born, I... He, they live in the U.S. I went mm-hmm. there to do the grandparenting. Okay, <laughs> it was a very very interesting phase of my life. So I used to spend a lot of time with him. So when I may, wanted to make him to sleep, I started uh, singing "Doanken uh, Barahat Lalabai." Okay, uh-huh. and uh, in two three minutes he would sleep. My daughter got amazed you know my god Appa, he's so good in you are so good in making him sleep so fast and how do you do it i said i just use this uh, song then it became a routine he became so addictive to that mega to soja, soja. <laughs> that be- it became an anthem in the house and uh, my son-in-law started liking my daughter you know she it became a part of their playlist and then uh, every night my grandson Drew would sleep yes. over to that song <laughs> it's <another laughs> thing which I have it's become contagious and I just uh, I infected them with holding talk <laughs> <laughs> no that that's so true uh, I think it's something about the music then and now taking you back uh, to Lata Mangeshkar and the music of those times yeah. uh, you shared how you felt when you met Lata Mangeshkar in person but to become such a diehard fan of Lata Mangeshkar, what is it if today I ask you about her voice and the way she sang? Because she came at a point when there were more thicker voices. And Lata Mangeshkar in 1949 was that thin voice that Hindi yes. music hadn't heard. Yeah. So the the likes of Noor Jahan and Shamshad Begum and in the midst of that came a very thin, absolutely thin voice. Uh, so you you were drawn to Lata Mangeshkar because she was the first voice you heard or there was something about the voice in the midst of the other voices that made it different. Have you ever given that a thought? Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, Shamshad Begum, Nujahan, Soraya were all there, her predecessors. They had a different kind of a voice through and they were heavy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she brought in that change. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, somehow that it was, uh, though it was rejected earlier as a thin voice yeah. by Subodh Mukherjee, but 
uh, she really had to prove that she, you know, she could uh, um, be melodious, you know, because of uh, the Ziddi number and uh, uh, the Mahal uh, hmm. number. You know, that yes. she proved that uh, she had all the, you know, promising features of a nightingale. It was very thin and it was very difficult for people to accept because they were all used to that kind of a voice. But yes. she really made the change and uh, she became an you know, accepted voice, especially after Ayega uh, Anewala. Mm. Okay? Mm. And, you know, it's a sheer quality which uh, it became a delight for all the composers to try her voice on. And it was uh, very, very successful for all them, all of them, even the singers, you know, the lyricists and the composers. She became a much wanted voice. Mm. Yeah, it was a welcome change. And uh, I think people also needed change. And just like uh, she quit the scene when people wanted change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, was it because your mother was a fan of Lata Mangeshkar that the voice drew to you? Or uh, was it that uh, you you were just drawn to the melodious voice? I, I, no, I was just drawn. My mother was a great fan of Kanan Bala and uh, others. Okay, ah, okay, okay. okay. Uh, Mail. She always. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a very popular song. Yes. And do you remember the first Lata Mangeshka song you ever heard? Yeah, I remember the Uthaye Jaun Kesitam. Okay. That is the number which I. That is my, my first one. And, but I fell in love with the Mahal number later okay okay okay, okay. my interest became uh, deeper after i heard the mahal number okay and over the years what is it about lata mangeshkar that she ruled the roost for such a long time uh, what is it about her i'm asking a fan so i know it's going to be a biased opinion but i'm asking <laughs> this from a die hard fan because there should be a reason why your loyalty never shifted. It is the perfection in rendering mm -hmm. and a very, you know, the diction and the feelings were mm -hmm. so good that I could, uh, you know, the, you know, when she was singing, I could easily make out that it was for a Nutan or a Sadhana or it was a Meena Kumari or Nimi. That was the kind of voice. Maybe, as you said, it's a biased one because I just had uh, uh, no, um, some kind of a infatuation which uh, grew into my passion towards her voice. Okay? Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, other than Madan Mohan, who do you think as a music director drew the best out of Lata Mangeshka? See, Roshan brought out the best and uh, some of the Naushad numbers. And Jaidev, Siram Chandra. Hmm. Mm. And her last... Uh, few records in which I really loved was, uh, you know, Hridayanath Mangeshkar's The Lakin Number. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, Ravindra Jain mm. or Ikarada Ekamira. That was, yeah. uh, you know, that brought out yeah. the best in her, you know. After that, you know, it was, in, it was uh, slowly fading, you know, in her quality okay. because uh, age was catching up with the voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how did it feel for a fan like you to listen to her in Veer Zara? Veer Zara. You know, Veer Zara is something very special because of uh, 
Madan Mohan sir. Madan Mohan, yeah, yeah. yeah Madan Mohan, tunes are always very, very endearing and it's very, very close to my heart. I keep in constant touch with uh, his son Sanjeev. Sanjeev, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, it's got a very special place in my heart. So Veer Zara is very close to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I remember he when. I had met Sanjeev Kohli. He had said that life came a full circle with Veer Zara when the top, because till then, uh, when Baba was alive, not very famous actors, heroes and heroines, uh, lip sync. Yeah. And uh, it was such a beautiful way life gave it back when Veer Zara had Amitabh Bachchan, Hema Malni, Shah Rukh Khan and Preeti Zinta lip sync the music. And uh, so for him, he said when he went to the uh, International Film Festival in France and everyone was like, tere liye, tere liye, he said, Baba, wherever you are, <laughs> so I remember when uh, I had met him over an interview on All India Radio, this was a very beautiful story that he had shared. So Lakha Mangeshkar came back because Yash Chopra felt that nobody can justify a Madan Mohan tune like Lakha Mangeshkar can. So, so when, when, she, when I heard Tere Liye, Huh? It's a very, very emotional experience for me. The Tere Liye, I think she's singing only to Shesh Adri. That is how I <laughs> The Tere Liye has, is loaded with feelings for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And the way she sings it, each Tere Liye is kind of different. Yes. Yes. Very true. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So... I know a difficult question. I know it's going to be very hard on you, but if there are three songs that you feel you will play for somebody who's not very aware of Lata Mangeshkar or doesn't like her very much, uh, what are the top three songs that you would suggest you must listen to this to understand what Lata Mangeshkar in her element is? And that's a very, very difficult to, you know, question to choose three songs from so many that I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. I'll start with Mehal because that's the one which really, you know, impressed me and um, yeah. drawn me towards her point. Mm -hmm. And then uh, next is uh, Madan Mohan's uh, Anpad number. Hey, see me, Pyari Kiaburu. Okay. Uh, then uh, Ravi Shankar's Anuradha, uh, Savare. Okay. Okay. I could immediately think of there are many, many more uh, Jaydev's compositions and S.T. Burman and Roshan. There are many more. I'll be doing a lot of uh, injustice, injustice. Also, legendary composers. <laughs> but offhand, I've just given these three. Okay. Yeah, sure. I started my journey with uh, Lata so these are the three which I really... Okay, and you told us very early on that uh, uh, you met her, you had her so close next to you in the temple, but you were so speechless, you didn't ask anything. If today you get a chance to meet her, what is that one question you'd like to ask her, uh, Mr. Shishat? You know, I'm, I'm sure even now if I meet her, I'll be as speechless as that <laughs> yeah, definitely that and then i would all you know i really thank her 
for being there in my life, which made my life more meaningful because I life without music and uh, especially for me without Lata's music would have been a very, very big uh, meaningless uh, life for me. I would uh, just definitely thank her from the bottom of my heart for being there. And I'm so glad that I'm a contemporary, you know, of huh. Lataji. Okay. Okay. And as you are thinking on those uh, moments, I would also like you to take a step back. Look at your entire journey so far and give us three life lessons that you have taken from life. Three. Be very positive in life. That is very important. By being positive, that leads you to have a patience with everything. And you try to accept things that you cannot change. You have to be positive in life. Otherwise, you cannot achieve. Stop complaining in life. There are many more who have got bigger problems and bigger miseries in life. If you stop complaining, you'll start appreciating life. Okay. And always have some hobby to fall back on. They are the stress busters. It can be anything. Either reading a book or chess playing or uh, any other activity like sewing or knitting or needle craft or painting, you must have a, you must develop some hobby for you to fall back on because it's so important in these stressful times. You know, you must have some de-stressing uh, tools with you. Okay, that's very important. Okay, the, and uh, just as we leave, sir, the pandemic in the last one and a half years has thrown everyone out of gear in the sense life took a U-turn in a different way. And all of us went into contemplation, wondering what happened. So since you have seen so much more of life, uh, what is it that the pandemic has taught you? Anything specific? Uh, it, I have discovered myself, I feel, because... I've, I've been an extremely busy person all along. I didn't want to change my lifestyle for anything. You know, even this pandemic, I've been extremely busy. I spent four hours every day painting, two hours of listening to music and two hours of reading. Okay. I okay. religiously do that. I never would like to say I'm bored. I never would like to say I just would like to enjoy my life to the fullest. I would like to be as busy as possible. And you know, for that, you have to be very healthy, which I religiously do. I would like to live for long in a very healthy life, enjoying my music and, uh, and dabbling with colors and brushes. <laughs> and have your classes moved online, sir? Some of them. Yeah, for the senior citizens, it has become uh, online. Every day they send their pictures and then get my opinion and then input for them to you know, proceed further. I've been able to do a lot of commission jobs myself during this free time. I, I would like to tell you here, art should be affordable according to me. Mm. I do a lot of reproduction works of great masters, whether it's Indian or European artists. Mm. See, it, uh, it should not... Uh, be very expensive, prohibitively priced for people who love art. Uh, a great master's work in a studio or in a gallery, if it costs over forty to 50000 
I would like to give it to them for 10,000. I make a lot of these uh, great masters work like Ravi Verma and then many of the European artists. Mm-hmm. Art is my motto, okay? I just would like everyone, oh. art to reach everyone's home. Whoever loves art, they should be able to I know, enjoy it. It will mm-hmm. not be priced. That's my goal. I've been doing a lot of these you know, jobs of uh, the great masters. I've mm-hmm. done... Uh, I don't know if you have seen the, my paintings. You would have seen uh, the Last Supper also. You know. Yes, yes, I did. I did see that. It's beautiful, really beautiful. Many, many of the Renaissance time artists. You know, they're all uh, very, I, you know, very reasonably priced. Nothing should exceed ten to fifteen thousand, according to me. Okay. There are many people who would like to have a great painting in their uh, living rooms which they cannot afford. I don't want that to happen. I want everyone to afford art. That's my goal. And anybody who has any liking for any particular thing, please give them my contact. I'm all always ready to do any job for them. Okay. There is a beautiful quote that I read a long time back by Julie Andrews, uh, where she says, uh, music and arts make a bridge across this world in ways that nothing else can. And I think uh, you have shown us how beautifully this bridge can be built and used day in and day out. Thank you so much, Mr. Sheshadri Mokshagundam, for your time. Pleasure and honor hosting you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Thank you so much. I too equally enjoyed my talk with you. It was so, so inspiring for me. I'm sure you've given me a lot of strength to proceed further in both the fields, music and art. (laughs) Stay blessed and healthy, sir. And uh, may you continue to inspire those around you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Same here. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdeye at gmail.com. That is R A S H M I dot. T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.